walk as he walked. Those who worship the Lord, worship in spirit and truth. Those who say that they know him must walk as he walked. He is the way and the truth, and in him is the life. If we obey his word, Walk in the light, He is the way and the truth, and in Him is the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. If we say that we know Him, but we don't keep his word, then we walk in the darkness, and the truth's not in us. If we walk in the light, we will have fellowship sweet, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from sin. He is the way and the truth, and in Him friends. Good to be with you. Um, you look at my background and you see it looks different. Uh, we're still kind of uh, moving some stuff around the house here, trying to get uh, get things a little bit, you know, tucked into the right places. That is my wife's speciality, not mine so much. So uh, she is masterful at, uh, at, at, at the decorum and does such a great job with it. Uh, were she not working uh, a job and chairing a board uh, for Fairhaven, uh, probably would be done a little faster, but she's quite busy, and I'm always thankful when I come home, and well, I'm working from home a little bit more these days, come home and look around and go, wow, you did some cool things. So it continues to morph and transition in case you're wondering what is what is that mess behind you? It's just a shelf that's going to go bye-bye, but you just got to continue finding the right places uh, for things to go. But anyway, you're not here about uh, the decorum of my house. You're here for the scriptures. You're here to 
learn uh, more about Jesus and more about what Jesus is looking for in our lives. Uh, that's the point of this daily discipleship to uh, to learn more how to walk more closely and more faithfully and better with Jesus. We are in the uh, 12th chapter of the book of Luke. So if, if you're following along in your own Bible, that's where you're going to want to turn. Uh, otherwise, uh, it will be on the screen here for those that are watching. Some of you maybe are not watching. Some of you are maybe uh, going about the house uh, trying to get yourselves ready for your day. And uh, I'm aware of that. So uh, just listen in and we will learn. So let's jump right into the text this morning. Jesus says this, be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. I mean, you can you can just take the, the very first verse, verse 35, be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. It's the idea of preparedness. It's the idea that that the master can return at any time and when he comes, he expects to find his servants ready. He expects to find them dressed for service and serving. Uh, he, can't, he expects to find them with their lamps burning. And uh, so that is the expectation, dressed. What does it mean to be dressed? Does it mean you should, you know, uh, never take your clothes off when you go to bed or, you know, uh, never take your clothes off when you're taking a shower? No, it's not meaning that, but the idea of spiritually dressed, spiritually ready, uh, spiritually prepared. That is the meaning here. Be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. The idea of, of, of keeping your spiritual light on, the idea of um, staying lit, if you will. Uh, the, the keeping your lamps burning is so that you can always see what's going on, that there's not darkness but light. Uh, so to be dressed, dressed is the idea of spiritual readiness, uh, keeping your lamps burning, kind of the same uh, meaning here. Going into verse 36, as I have on the screen right now, he says, like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. I mean, they're waiting for their master. The question for us is, are we waiting for our master? He has instructed us. He has told us. The scriptures teach us. Good theology says that uh, that Christ will return. The word is imminent. Imminent means at any time. And we believe in the imminent return of Christ. In other words, that he can come at any time. And we should be waiting. We should be looking. We should be anticipating that Christ will return and that when he returns, we're ready for him. And it says, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. The door of readiness, the door of preparation. Let's put this into the uh, message paraphrase by Eugene Peterson and see how he renders these couple of verses. Uh he always gives decent insight. He says, keep your shirts on, keep the lights on. Be like house servants waiting for the master to come back from his honeymoon 
awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knocks. So I, this does give some, uh, some insight into uh, this passage, the idea of uh, coming back from the honeymoon. We're talking about the bridegroom, uh, or, or the yes, the bridegroom, the groom, uh, who is Christ. It says, awake and ready for the door, uh, to open the door when he arrives and knocks. So uh, we know he'll return. And we know that he will knock, and there's probably some more insight that we can get from this, uh, but we're going to continue working our way down through the passage and keep it quite simple, because I want you to learn how to look at the Bible and draw things out all on your own uh, when maybe you don't have all the extra tools and resources, and certainly uh, you could learn to um, to delve in, to dig in, to find some online resources uh, Bible Gateway, Bible Hub, those are a couple places where you can often find uh, more commentary. Um, or you can invest in a full-on uh, digital library like the, the Logos Bible uh, uh, system. You just go Logos uh, Bible and it will bring up Faith Life as the organization behind that. And it's a pay uh uh, it's a pay mechanism, a pay device, pay tool, pay resource that you can pay a little bit for to get a few of the functions or maybe pay several thousand if you want to get all the functions. So uh, that's something that you can use. Um, just encourage you. I want to encourage you to be able to dig in on your own. He, he goes on and says, lucky the servants whom the master finds on watch. He'll put on an apron, sit them at the table, and serve them a meal, sharing his wedding feast with them. And, and this is an allusion to something we call the, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, when, when Christ and the church are united. Um, some of the eschatological teaching would be that when Christ raptures his church uh, out of this place, that he has a great wedding feast with them in heaven, Prior to the return, uh, some would maybe place the wedding feast uh, just prior to the return uh, of the actual, not rapture, but the second coming uh, when Jesus would establish his thousand-year reign of Christ, a wedding feast. At some point uh, in future history, there is, when the when the bridegroom calls, there will be uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb that all believers will get to be a part of. And, and this, uh, verse 37, kind of speaks to that, this idea of sharing his wedding feast with them. You and I get to be a part of the wedding feast of the Lamb. You and I actually, as the church, you and I uh, actually are the, the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And that's why I say, that it's so important that we do not diminish, we do not diss uh, the church, but that we love the church. And, and too often, I think that there is castigation uh, of church models uh, or individual churches. And, and yeah, maybe there's weakness and things. Our, our prayer should be for uh, spiritual renewal, spiritual awakening, revival. Uh, our, our prayer should be the restoration of churches that maybe are diminished. That would be our prayer because Jesus loves his bride. We should love his bride as well. That is what I opt to do rather than 
going around finding fault with everything. Uh, it, it's I, I would rather say, how can I pray for that church? How can I pray for that situation? And uh, I would encourage us all to take that posture because the church is the bride of Christ. And uh, if he loves his bride, it makes sense to, to me that we would love his bride as well. It's just very interesting that we see him continuing here in verse 37. I've taken us back into the NIV uh, because it tells us in verse 37, he will dress himself to serve. Even at his own wedding feast, we see Jesus serving. That is our model. There, there is a, uh, a phrase, a term, uh, a model of leadership or leadership theory that goes really all the way back to Jesus called the uh, servant leadership. And uh, I mean, it's studied not only in Christian circles and seminaries and churches, but studied uh, in the business realm and in secular universities, teaching organizational leadership studies as well. Um, A guy by the name of, forget it, I'm not going to remember it, Greenleaf, was his name, uh, talked in the 70s about this new notion of servant leadership and that the best leaders serve. Well, he was on to something because that is exactly what Jesus said, is that the best leaders do serve. So we see in this passage, we see that he dresses, verse 37, he dresses himself to serve. He has them recline at the table and will come wait on them. Now, not only do we see Jesus serving, and he has them, which them would be us reclining at the the table. Now, it says recline because they didn't sit in chairs uh, like we sit in chairs. They actually reclined, sat down on the floor and reclined at the table. Uh, and to think of him serving us in that type of way. You hear my little associate in the background there making his morning noises. Um, Bucky is his name. But to think of him serving for us, what does that speak to us? That speaks to us that we, if we will be like Jesus, uh, we, we prepare ourselves to serve and ask, how can I serve? What can I do? Uh, what works can I do? Now, you know, I, I wrestle with that because my, in this sense, my my income uh, isn't derived necessarily from a, a job that, uh, you know, I punch a clock or have a work schedule or task lists that I have an employer saying, get these things done. It's about productivity. Uh, it is a, a case of I'm going to have to take him and feed him here. So uh, give me just a moment. Okay, I'm back with you. I didn't feed him, but my bride will go feed him, I think, or at least doing something with him. It's morning. He wants his breakfast. That's what he's saying. Bref, bref, breakfast. Um I know it's breakfast, but uh, just Bucky ease there. But to serve, uh, to think of how do we serve. Mine, I mean, pretty much everything I do can be serving. And uh, 
there there are so many needs out there right now and uh, you know which, which which ones do you serve is is part of the question and to to parse that out um those that are working remotely that you lock in and clock out and uh you you have a workflow and you have an employer that is uh, looking at uh, productivity sheets and things of that nature uh others of us maybe work for ourselves uh some of you are self-employed or post-employed uh but to think about how do I continue to serve? How does that work into my life? That is the model of Jesus. Verse 38, Jesus goes on and says, it will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of night or toward daybreak. Um, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So verse 38, he finds them ready. What does, what does spiritual readiness look like for us? Just what do we mean by, uh, by being ready? Well, by being spiritually alert, by being spiritually in tune, uh, by... Um, Walking with Jesus, by serving Jesus, by considering what our treasures are. We talked about that yesterday. Do we treasure the, the, the things of the kingdom? That is a question that we need to be asking ourselves. That is part of our readiness. Part of our readiness is, is looking. Uh, Paul told Timothy that there is a crown of righteousness in store for all uh, who long for his appearing. You know, do we long for his appearing? Now, I know some people would say, well, I, I'm not longing for it because there's still things on earth I wish to do. A few years ago when we did the David Dare, Jeremiah study, I um, can't remember the name of the study. Priscilla would have to help me remember the name. Um, can't remember the name. We did the study, though, and, we, and part of the study talked about heaven. And heaven will be so much better because I, I think, you know, I'd like to see my, my wife and I would like to see the Grand Canyon, especially my wife would like to see the Grand Canyon. And there are other places uh, uh, around the globe I would like to see. Uh, but heaven is so much better and the new heavens and the no, new earth so much more grand than what we have on this earth that we really aren't going to be missing out. If you've seen some of the tremendous imagery of uh, places like Yellowstone uh, and uh, the um, the bubbling grounds in Yellowstone. Uh, I'm not just talking Old Faithful, but the other places, Mammoth Springs and places like that, or or we've seen the grandeur of the mountains of the Tetons, or or places like that, or the Himalayas, or the uh, the Alps, uh, and seen a, a video or uh, graphics pictures of those places. I'd like to go see those places or cities that you might wish to watch uh, to see. Um, but heaven will be so much better. So we ready ourselves. We look, we, we stand prepared, knowing that he will come. We, we, we keep short accounts of sin. We keep, uh, we keep ourselves in good standing with Jesus and with others. We'd be ready. We, we'd be serving uh, the Lord uh, by making him known and, and by living for him every day. That That is part of being ready. And Priscilla's reminded me that the 
the book title is the Book of Signs. So that is that is the book we're talking about here. Uh, that uh, would be a great study if you've not done that study or read that book. It would be a phenomenal book to read. Verse 39 said, understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Uh, we've kind of labored that point already. I, I won't labor it further. I mean, we don't know when to expect him. He will return. He will come. And it's just simply that we need to be ready. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling us this parable? Are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? Let me move the screen down and put it on the on your screen so you can see it. Verse 42, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you, I tell you, he will put him charge, put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, "My master is taking a long time in coming." He then begins to beat the other servants, uh, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he's not aware. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. This is a reference to eternal judgment. The servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready and does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. This is now referencing judgment, that there will be a judgment to come. We don't like to read these words. We just like all of the... We like all the, the soft stuff. We like all the lovey-dovey stuff. But, but Jesus himself also speaks in this passage about judgment. The idea of being beaten with many blows, that is the idea of being judged. We will face a judgment. Verse 48 says, But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. The judgment will be harsher for the one who knew what he needed to do and didn't do it than the one who didn't know what he needed to do and didn't do it. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who's been entrusted with much, much will be asked. So, I mean, I, I stand back and I have been given much. I've been given much in giftings. Uh, I've been given much in networking. I have been giving much, and it says much will be demanded. And, and this this kind of yells at me to remember uh, that, you know, I have, I've been given these gifts uh, of which you all give me uh, kudos, and uh, sometimes you give me bags of coffee, but, um, uh, or grapes, or uh, eggs, or things like that. But from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. Friends, we look at ourselves in America, especially. We have been given much, very much. And we need to understand that, that we're accountable for what we do with what we've been given. And uh, to work with it, to use it, to, to glorify God with it. And so 
to look at yourself and go, what has God given me and what am I supposed to do with what he has given me? Um, the verse concludes this way in verse 48. It says, and from the one, one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. Asked in this life, an accounting given. You know, uh, my wife works uh, for an organization that, uh, for her work, that uh, requires or, or she works on a computer that probably tracks to certain measure uh, her productivity flow throughout a day or, or throughout the course of a day. Um, and so there is this, this idea of what is demanded and what is asked. They have regular performance reviews to, to look at, uh, you know, what is your productivity level and how can you do better and and how do you want to grow and, and things of that nature? Um, but to think about what is demanded of us of God, uh, what has been entrusted to us, what will be asked. We have different levels of giftings. And, uh, you know, God is not going to ask you and he's not going to measure you according to the gifts he's given to me. He's not going to say, well, you should have done a morning broadcast to you. He's not going to say, you know, you should be out meeting with pastors to you. Uh, he is not going to say you should be teaching the scriptures uh, to you like he's saying to me, because these are the gifts, skills, and abilities that he has given to me, and, and uh, he will be asking me about what I've done with what I have. But what he will ask you is, what have you done with what you have? That will be the question. So just to think about the fact that there will be an accounting, we, we kind of boil it down. Well, just, there's heaven and hell, yes, but there's also an accounting uh, that will be given. Uh, it's called the Bema Seat of Christ. You read about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is a place of judgment for believers. Now, let me, let me continue down through a little bit further. I've got about four minutes left. Uh, let me cover this. Uh, let me jump down to verse, verse 54, because it has to do with the time. And maybe tomorrow we'll come back up, perhaps, and consider the other verse. He said to the crowd, when you see a crowd rising, a crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the West, immediately you say, it's going to rain. And it does. Now remember, they're in Israel. Uh, the clouds rising in the, in the west, uh, off the Mediterranean, blowing inland onto, uh, and, and with the, the rotation of the earth, I mean, we see storms coming from west to east, uh, even here in the United States, often. Sometimes they do come up the, the eastern coast and travel north. But for Israel, I mean, often the rains would, would come uh, off the Mediterranean Sea. Um, you know, blowing across from the sea on into the land. So uh, that's his reference point. That is uh, of what he is talking. Uh, so when you see the cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain. Uh, when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot. Now remember, what did they have below them? They had desert below them, uh, Egypt and, and much more desert areas. So if the wind's blowing from the south, it brings that uh, desert heat up in, and it, it's going to be hot. So that's how they, uh, that is how they uh, kind of interpret the weather there. Uh, but then he goes on and says this. Uh, he says, you hypocrites, 
you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth in the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Now, remember, they had the scriptures. They had the Old Testament scriptures. They had the prophecies. In fact, I think if I remember correctly, 486 years, I think, if I remember correctly, from prophesied uh, from the time that the prophecy was given in the book of Daniel until the death of Christ, uh, and yet they, they couldn't interpret what Daniel had said. And this is what he is really challenging them about, that they don't know how to interpret the present times. What about us as Christians? I mean, are we able, are we are we paying attention to the times around us so that we, we can look at things and go, you know, time is getting short. I mean, I can say this unequivocally. Uh, every breath is a breath closer to the return of Christ. But there are world events that are unfolding that are preparing the stage for things like tribulation, uh, the tribulation, and uh, for one world government and one world currency and things uh, of that nature. So uh, we need to be able to read the signs ourselves and make sure that we're ready. So I conclude this morning. I mean, are you are you working to be ready? Are you aiming to be ready? Uh, are are you realizing that Christ could return any time? And do you welcome that event? Uh, let's be working. Let's be dressed. Let's be ready for the return of Christ. And let's help others get ready as well, because that's our call in this life. Lord, help us to be ready, working, watching, waiting, looking, serving, and glorifying you. All for the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lord, hear our prayer.